listening to the Dreaming of Freedom podcast on the Two Cents FC Network. soccer in mls i'm jermaine i'm cali and i'm ad and we are members of black herons united an independent black supporters group for inner miami and all things black soccer in south florida for episode 25 we'll discuss how the players and supporters of inter miami recently took some serious l's uh, match day 34's dream team and for footnotes we'll give our flowers to a very special mls referee who recently made history so stay tuned to catch it all. All right, y'all. We are back like a pack of woods and AD. Ah. Speaking of trees, bruh, what is going on with Portland? Why are they being so petty? Ooh. Or is this something that we should be blaming Miami Heat on? What's going on, bro? Ooh. How you doing? Okay. Uh, you just, Okay, you put me into another mode that... So I, I just go. gotta, Let's I gotta go. get into right it right now. <laughs> All right. So I'm feeling like it's it's on both sides. Uh, I think teams are getting really tired of the arrogance and bravado of Pat Riley. Um, so when he pulls his his power moves and he says, "This is my my little offer, and I'm not making any moves till you show me something better from someone else." And they don't like those power moves being pulled on them. And they they don't want to. They've been seeing like this narrative of, oh, Miami's uh, so great at uh, pulling somebody up from the dirt and making them a star. La, la, la. Look at Gabe Vincent. Mm. Look at Max Struess. They're mm. like, all right, I'm, I don't I don't need to now give you Dame, Damian Lillard to make you even nicer or whatever. And I'm that's and who cares about like. Uh, doing right by Dame, like I'm gonna do what's best for my uh, for my organization. So I'm gonna just get whatever trade is not Miami, and that's what they did. Bruh, I still think it's petty as hell. Thank you for that analysis, AD. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Callie, welcome back. Happy glad to, to have you back, bro. Happy to be I back. I know you're well rested. <laughs> I know you're trying to burn everything down. Uh, so if you Always. want to throw in my, the Miami Heat in there, go ahead. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Incredibly sleep deprived, but I'm. I'm here. Um, yeah, with, with the Heat thing, I think. It, I think it's a combination of a couple things. One, I think first and foremost, and probably most importantly, I think Portland knew that Dame wanted to go to Miami, and they did everything they could to make sure that did not happen. They just did not want Dame to go where he wanted to go. Um, so I think there was a bit of petulance on that end. Now, I think, I think Pat tried to call the bluff and it failed. You know, I think he said, you know, like, like we saw the reports coming like, hey, show me the offer, show me what you have, you know? And then lo and behold, the, the Blazers had the, the three-way trade with the Bucks and the Suns and, you know. And now Dame is like, hey, we're not going to send you to Miami. In fact, fuck Miami. We're going to send you to probably their biggest competitor in the Eastern Conference. And uh, yeah, now we're going to see Giannis Listen. and Dame on the same core along with Chris Middleton. And that's going to be absolutely lethal. Um, probably the clear favorites to win the East now. Um, with Probably Boston right behind them and then Miami right after that. But yeah, it was... Does anyone uh, care about... If that yeah if that so 
it's you know does does anyone care about Drew Holiday? Are we trying to grab him? Is he gonna make a difference if we do? I feel bad for that guy, man. The guy <laughs> the day before he got traded talked about how I want to be in the Bucks for the rest of my career, bro. And how he loves what the Bucks are doing. He wants to be a Buck for life. Then they trade his ass. Too. Yo, uh, imagine though, like you Steve make that bro. mental decision, and like you talk to your wife, and you're like, all right. Let's find like a nice school for our kids to go to. La la la. Let's uh, actually house. buy a house instead of renting this place that we're in. La la la. And then mm-hmm. traded. Yikes! The, the cruel life of sports, man. Mm-hmm. And well, I that want business him. is is. You want him? Okay. I, I want, want him, him, but I I know there's no way the Heat are making any kind of deal with Portland now. Yeah, no, that's probably yeah, they're, they're probably blacklisting each other at this point. Yeah, now. that's just dead in the water. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, also dead in the water are yeah, Inter Miami's hopes of grabbing a double. Well, I guess maybe not, Segway. maybe not totally out of the water. I guess the hopes of grabbing a tr- uh, a treble. Treble. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, Callie, how you feeling, man? About this, about this. Not even whatever. U.S. Open Cup, we lost. We look terrible. We could talk about that if y'all want to, but I'm kind of more interested in the other news regarding uh, Inter Miami. I guess also dead in the water are, are some of the uh, supporters' hopes for grabbing or renewing uh, next season's uh, uh, tickets for you know the season ticket holders. Uh, Cali, John Brown, go ahead and uh, <laughs> go ahead and burn, Man, burn everything you're gonna down. Get me arrested. So. You're gonna get me thrown. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 never that, bro, never that. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess to to soften the blow, I guess just to touch on the game, you know, like Messi, Messi's hurt, clearly. It looks like he's not even going to play this Saturday. Um, Alba's hurt, it looks like a more significant injury than what Messi has, and, and losing those two guys, it's massive, it's tough to make up for, and, and what people, will, I guess, especially people who are watching probably Intermittently for the first time, you take out those three. You take out those two guys plus Busquets out of the lineup, and you have the same old Inter Miami team that was, you know, dead last in the Eastern Conference for a good stretch. You know, and it's, uh, you know, what happened is kind of. I think what I mean. Once we saw that Messi wasn't playing, I think we all kind of expected that that would be the case, right? Like, it, I don't think that. I don't think anyone was too surprised. I think I was more surprised just how flat we kind of looked in, in a Cup final. Um, and, but major props to Houston. They played really well. Um, they came ready to go. Their supporters showed up. You know, uh, happy for them. It's a, that. I mean, Houston is a dope, dope soccer, soccer town. They have an awesome culture in the city. Um, if you haven't seen their profile on the MLS Pass, strongly, strongly recommend it. Uh, strong black culture, proud black culture. They very much embrace it there. So that's dope. But. Um, the aftermath of all that um, is upsetting. It's um, let me um, let me let me prepare myself here. Um, when I first heard about this, like I started kind of writing thoughts down on on a, on a Google Doc, and I decided I'm not going to read from it, um, just because it, it's not worth. I I think I think it's more important that we just kind of speak from the heart of, on this issue and. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really talk to our, talk about our experience uh, a, 
as fans of the club, as supporters of the club. Um, so for those of you that don't know, maybe you're hearing this for the first time, though, I'd imagine that uh, that it, it's gone around because I've seen plenty of tweets going around about it. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, but a tweet I made about it has 60,000 views currently. So, I mean, whatever. Elon, pay up. Um, Patch pat yourself on the back. Pat that back, man. So just to put things in context, I, I, all three of us sit, you know, sitting here that you're listening to right now, we all have uh, supporter section tickets, right? So the, the tickets this for this year were a touch over $400, I believe, for... You know, after you include all the, you include everything. I think it came out like four hundred and forty dollars for for everything, which is pretty reasonable considering the amount of games you get. Um, plus, you know, you get you know you, you get first dibs on like cup tickets and stuff like that, and and a, and a, and a small bet, very few benefits, but some benefits. And then our our very special season ticket holder gift was a was a cardboard box with a lanyard in it with a plastic name tag attached to it. Um, but those tickets were about $440 last year for the 2024 member renewal. The cheapest tickets available are now where we would sit is $884. And this is just the renewal price. That is a 100% increase on tickets. Um, just going down the line. Uh, if you wanted to sit in the in the East Sand, which is probably the the more affordable between East and West, last year, um, those tickets were, you know, uh, let's see, seven hundred forty five dollars. They're up to fourteen hundred dollars now. You know, and, and I can I can keep on. There's a there's a there's a package for forty five thousand dollar tickets, if you want to sit in the in the low seats. What? That's nuts. That is nuts. Thousand dollars to watch seventeen home games and and maybe maybe two cup two cup games. Um, and may and maybe Messi, and maybe Messi, <laughs> like maybe Messi, and maybe Messi. Right? Like now, yeah, this is something. Nuts. I, I, I when I saw this and I, I this obviously created a bunch of discourse, right? Like the like Miami fans were very much popping off some understood the increase other others and definitely the the majority were frustrated with it um and it was like oh this is the price to see messy you know so i did a little bit of research so the most expensive ticket for my my the club that you can you can almost see right here the club that really has my heart and soul uh for now we can't see it bro but it's okay (laughs) The uh, the club that really has my heart and soul, Liverpool FC. The most expensive season ticket they have is eight hundred and eighty six euros. They did the math; it comes out to a touch over a thousand dollars. The most expensive for a Premier League club, a big Premier League club, one of the biggest brands in the world. The most expensive ticket for Barcelona, eight hundred and fifty euros, which comes out to just under just under nine hundred dollars American. The most expensive ticket for Real Madrid is 1,800 euros, which comes out to around 1,900 American, but their cheapest ticket is 225 euros to see, watch Real Madrid, probably the biggest soccer brand on the planet, the most recognizable, arguably the most recognizable sports brand on the planet. 
um, in one of the most historic stadiums on the planet. Um, yeah, their cheapest ticket is $225. The cheapest ticket for Inter-Miami at a renewal price, this is not for a new membership, is $884. Now, what gets me the most is that, man, I remember going to games where there were maybe 150 people in the North Stand. The, the, the edges were completely empty. La Familia would just tighten in and pack in like sardines right in the middle. And and we were we were the culture, right? We, we'd be there banging on the drums, jumping up and down, dousing each other in beer, and the few times that we got to see our team score every now and again. And we had to see the likes of Ben Sweat and Mikey Ambrose and Juan Agudelo running around playing for this club, right? Whereas, you know, we still showed up. We were there every single game. And we were tailgating. You know, there'd be maybe on a good day, 20, 25 of us, you know, in the, in the green lot or, or in that lot across the street. Um, maybe on a good day, 2025. Now, you know, even before Messi, this season, you know, us who have been going to the games since the get-go, we've... You know, we'd have probably 100 or 150 people, you know, all all celebrating. And when the club, would, when the players would walk out, we'd line up on the sides, we'd cheer them on, we'd dab them up, wish them luck. And then after the games, we'd be there waiting for them and they'd come back. And we'd, you know, get pictures, autographs, conversations, you know, the whole nine. It, it, it was, it really felt like our club for a long time. And... I know that I'm not alone that when it was announced that Messi was coming, that excitement was met with a bit of anxiety, right? Because it's like, man, we're going to get to see Messi. But there was always this lingering feeling that we were going to get priced out. And I remember the ownership saying, there will be a modest increase. We want to take care of the day ones. We want to take care of our loyal supporters who have been here since day one. And what this tells me now is that that th those were empty, hollow words. Um, I am personally disgusted with the club um, to the point that I, I don't know if I can continue supporting this club, if I'm being completely honest. Um, because, you know, I've I and, and many others, you know, it, it times are tough, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher in the state of Florida. I don't make a whole lot of money. You know, it was already a sacrifice to pay $400 a year and justify that to my wife and to my daughter. They're like, hey, man, I'm going to be gone 17 times a year for basically the entire day. And, you know, we're going to spend this money and then, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll figure out a way to make it up and all that stuff. But this is something that was for me. This is something that I needed, like, to the point that we couldn't afford to get my wife a ticket. You know, so as soon as I got that email, I, I emailed my rep and said, I, I can't do this. And, you know, I tried to think about it like, oh, I'll just watch from home. I'll watch from my TV. I'll go to a game every now and again. But the more I thought about it, the angrier I got. And the more I thought about it, the, the more disgusted I really became with the club that they chose corporatism over their fans. They chose money 
over the France. I understand this is a capitalist society that, you know, at the end of the day, that you know, the, the saying goes, you know, if, if there isn't an empty seat in the house, you left money on the table. And the owners took that to heart and they'd rather have less of us uh, and more of, of the people willing to pay to see Messi. Uh, and it hurts. It does. It, it hurts. I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm, you know, I had a ticket. I have my three tickets for my, the, the three games, the three home games left. And I've, I've already, I've sold two of them and I gave one, another one to a friend and I just, I can't bring myself to continue going and supporting that. And, you know, someone says, oh, but just come for the people and or come for this or come for that. And it's like, I, I, I can't justify in my in my heart and in my mind supporting that um you know and i've, I've heard a, a lot of i've heard a lot of people justify it and, and try and line it up with like oh but this is more in line with nba and nfl prices which doesn't make any sense to me because the nba and the nfl are the best leagues in the world at what they do you know the end of the day this is mls this is the maybe the fourth biggest sport in united states behind the fourth biggest uh league in the in the, in the states and nfl and nba obviously and then you can kind of interchange depending on the time of the year college football um major league baseball nhl and then hot ho- uh, mls kind of wedges itself in there and also you're gonna look me dead in the eye and say i need to be paying more to watch this club than I can to watch Liverpool, to watch Manchester United, to watch Manchester City, to watch Arsenal, to watch PSG, to watch Inter Milan, to watch Juventus, to watch Bayern Munich, to watch uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona. You're telling me it costs more money to watch an MLS club than this? Than than any of those clubs? That that doesn't hold, hold water for me. And with a lot of things, if... You sit idly by and do nothing. You give the club permission to do that. And I understand I'm one man and I've learned that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a seat number. I'm just, I'm just a season ticket holder and I'm replaceable. But the most upsetting part is that I am replaceable to them. I am indisposable as a person. I am disposable as a consumer. I am disposable as a fan. The decisions that the club has made has told me that they do not value me, that they do not value the working class people in this community who just want to go watch their club in their community. What this club tells me is that they'd rather cater to the celebrity culture, they'd rather cater to the corporatism of this, and they want people in suits sitting in the West End watching this game instead of people from Miami who love Miami, who were here supporting this club from its inception. They care more about that than us. Um, And quite frankly, it's everything that is wrong with football, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Because I I can guarantee you that if any club in Europe or South America or Central America, Southeast Asia, if they raise their price their ticket prices a hundred percent stadiums would burn to the fucking ground 
Riots, bro. Riots. Be, there would be straight up riots. But this is the ugly truth of the game now, unfortunately. Um, it's no longer a game for the community. It's not no longer a game for the working class. It's it's no longer an escape for the average household in Miami. This is now a venue specifically for the elites. This is now a, a, an event that rich people can go to on a Saturday night before they, they go to the clubs or they go to their expensive restaurants and stuff like that. And I no longer feel represented by the club that I was supporting for the last four years. I no longer see myself in the club, which is why I am making the personal choice and, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, everyone's entitled to their own decision-making, but I am making the personal choice that I can no longer support this club the way it is right now. And it's to the point that even if they, they send out tweets tomorrow and emails like, Hey guys are bad. My bad. Well, we, we messed up. Uh, we, this was clearly out of line, you know, well, this was too much. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's, I don't think there's redemption in this story for me. Um, and I know based on conversations I've had that many people feel the same way and many people are in, in the same light. A, a lot of people are justifying the actions of the club and, you know, they're saying, oh, I love this club. So I'm going to continue to pay this money. And, and there in that essence kind of lies the problem because when you give them licensure to do that there's no coming back from that and and that's that's the problem with this is like once you raise the prices there's no going back and i'll end it with this because i know i've been ranting a bit um this is this club and the decisions they are making now the decisions they've made this week is going to be a very interesting case study for what happens post messi because i promise you unless you find a way to get an erling holland or killian mbappe in here there's no one that you're going to bring in that moves the needle like Lionel messi so if they cannot recuperate that star power they cannot recuperate someone that has a gravitational pull of Messi. i don't know how the club justifies the prices and i don't know how people justify paying those prices you know you tell me year one in a stadium uh, 2024 was year one in the stadium i'd be like you know i still don't agree but i get it but you're telling me we're gonna still watch it in a temporary stadium and that's not in Miami and you know there's to me there's no justification for the price there is none there's nothing anyone can tell me that tells me that this is okay um and people are saying like oh this is in line with what a lot of the league pays and I don't think that makes it okay I think it goes to show you why soccer doesn't bloom in the U.S. like it does in other countries it's because it's it's specifically targeted to wealthier people it's not targeted towards communities in the working class so that that's my rant nah bro i mean yeah i mean shout out to john brown uh, all day always always ready to always ready to burn it down start a revolution uh we'll always be behind him uh always but um nah bro i mean i think like to get you know to kind of go back to how you started right like a single ticket in the supporter section per game right 
if you had season tickets came up to about like 21 bucks 22 yeah. bucks now it's 50 bucks 52 bucks right bro so it's like literally i mean to your point it's literally double right and so um you know i think what resonated with me most is when you said you don't see yourself in the club anymore right and it's you know i think as i think as members as of, of black herons that in a way we we kind of always felt that right we kind of always felt that yes the club really wasn't representing us right in terms of like you know black culture black history right black neighborhoods all that stuff um but at the end of the day we could go to the tailgates right and we could see our people right we could see not only black people but we can see working class people we can see working class communities we can see supporters who are spending their last dollar right on this club and now right to you know to Callie's point who knows what that's going to look like next year right what what is the supporter culture going to look like next year is it going to be the same working class you know hard working you know people that make up siege that make up black herons that make up vice city and southern legion right or is it going to be a new uh you know corporate class business class wealthy class where you know the club is literally pricing out the majority of its day one fans right and i think that's what's most disrespectful about this whole thing right is that you are pricing out your day ones you're price you're you're doubling the price on season ticket holders Right, like not even for, like not even for new season ticket like members that want like, that want to sign up. It's people that have been with y'all. <laughs> like, alright, we're gonna double these prices. Right? So it's just it's complete disrespect. Um, and obviously, you know, this this is gonna have major implications in terms of representation, right? In the in the in the fan base, right? And this is kind of what this is why black herons exist, right? And you know, we're all talking about whether or not we should renew or, you know, whether or not we should not renew. And part of what allows black herons to, to be present at least is the fact that we have a lot of season ticket members, right? Like, you know, you know, a lot of season ticket holders. So it's, it's scary times, right. For inner Miami supporters, it's scary times for kind of, uh, again, this like working class core that has made up the, the fan base for, such a long time um hopefully the club responds who knows if they will um yeah i mean i think at this point right now i'm i'm obviously because i have two season tickets so i'm obviously going to get rid of one for sure and the question is whether or not i want to renew it for one or whether i want to just cancel altogether so there's a lot there's a lot to think about um i think there's a lot to talk about in terms of again black herons and like what this looks like for for black herons moving forward and so it's uh it's scary times, it's very shaky times, and it's kind of uh, unfortunate that this is happening with the arrival of Messi, right? And quite frankly, because of the arrival of Messi, right? Like this is, right? It's not Messi's fault, obviously, but this is what <laughs> this is what capitalism looks like, I guess, um, when this happens. So, um, Ad, you wanna you wanna add anything before we move on to the dream team? I'm good. You guys said most of it. I I just want to reiterate reiterate what you said. Uh, where the the main thing that you don't do, like as a sports organization, as a a member of a community, anything you don't step out on your day ones. You don't do the day ones dirty, and yeah, man. to not even like have a 
uh, we're looking out for you price for the the people. Now, I don't, it doesn't even have to be like the, the season ticket holders who just got uh, their season tickets last year or this season like I did or whatever. But the, the ones who have been season ticket holders from day one, you could have been like, we got y'all. We're going to keep their keep the prices nice for you. But no, they they are get, are trying to get maximum value uh, for every ticket. And it's it's disgusting to see. Um, bro, it is disgusting. And, and bro. I, th- I think everyone kind of expected some sort of increase. Right. Like I'm not I'm not an idiot. Like I expected prices to go up a little bit. Right. But I think I don't sure. think it was crazy to ask for like to like, my, at least my thought was I was a, a 20 to 30 percent increase. Which I would have been okay with. I like. I understand that there's a messy price, and 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 that's fine. At least for season ticket holders, run it up on new season ticket holders. That's fine. They're they're not grandfathered into this. We've been here. We were here when you guys fucking sucked. Exactly. You know, we, we sat here through that's fucking it. Diego Alonso and Phil through. Neville and you know a bunch of these fucking bombs, Blaze Matuidi and and all these guys. Full trap with the arm man. Bombs. And. <laughs> We, we sat here, we tolerated it, and we've been at every fucking game. And then to turn around and do this to us, is it's a slap in the face, man. And, and again, I tried to I tried to do the math. I tried to justify it in my brain. But just, again, the more I thought about it, the angrier I got. And, the ang- and I'm still angry about it, you know? So, you know, I know plenty of people are renewing it. Yeah. I know a lot of people are not renewing it. It's And, again, it's going to change the entire dynamic of the, of the supporter section on game day. It's going to be very corporatized, unfortunately. Of course, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah, so that's what's happening over on our side of the woods, uh, unfortunately. And again, like, yeah, so we're just going through it, right? We lost the final, we're losing season ticket members. Uh, there's a lot going on. However, uh, one thing that is consistent is the dream team, right? We still got black players and MLS balling out, doing their thing, uh, constantly scoring, contributing to their team's success. Uh, so we're, we're for uh, this episode, we're going to cover match day, uh, I believe it's 34. Match day 34, which happened this past uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so let's kick it off with uh, the Eastern Conference, and then we'll end with the Western Conference, and then we'll get into our uh, footnote segment. So for the Eastern Conference, we know we took up a bunch of your time, so I pro- I'll try my best not to rant too much on these. Um, our first member of the Dream Team in the Eastern Conference is Atlanta United's very own Zandi Silva, Portuguese native, uh, scored one against a Montreal. Um, kind of a definitely a, a bit of a journeyman interesting situation he's on loan from Dijon at the moment um, played at, he's, he's played at Nottingham Forest played at West Ham uh, seven goal, uh, two goals in, in seven uh, seven appearances so far um, and uh, yeah definitely an early candidate for best gritty in the league I don't know if y'all saw him saw him hit that it, it was clean it was right. it was definitely clean it's, right it's it's the hips, bruh. You put so much hip action into the gritty, bruh. It, yeah, it I'm was... I'm sorry, Ari, we love you, bruh, but... Not Zani it. might have that one, bruh. Yeah, that... <laughs> it was, uh... It was impressive. Uh, keeping it to Atlanta United, uh, Edwin Mosquera. Alright. Uh, had a banger against Montreal. 
second and nine mat, uh, matches. Atlanta pummeled Montreal that game four to one. Um, uh, another newer member to Atlanta, uh, he was on loan with uh, Defensa y Justicia, and uh, and yeah, he's, he's come in and he's been he's been carving it up pretty much since, he, since he's gotten here. He's uh, again, Atlanta's kind of seeing a bit of a resurgence from they 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 Atlanta's gone through it the last year and a half or so, but. Uh, Atlanta's a fun team to watch. They slow. They, they they gave us a hard one a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's it, in all in, in all this something that I think we need to discuss. We, we and we've discussed this on here. We discussed this on uh, with with FTC and then the Two Cents community. We you know we're, you know we, we we had the revelation of J Cole Palmer, right? We had the revelation of Emil Smith Rowe. All right, is there a case? Uh oh. For the Greek Uh-oh. freak in Atlanta, Giacomakis, to be Uh-oh. black, is he? How, how, how to, Listen, is he enhanced with melanin? Because <laughs> I mean, I don't know if maybe he is, but there, there was definitely some imperialism in the the, the bloodline and colonization and the the bloodline that that hey. I think kind of made his way through there. Man. We got to put him on Soul Watch. Uh- Ooh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Bruh, bruh, another melanation delegation revelation, bruh. I mean, that is that is something to, to look into, bruh. <laughs> like, every time I look at him, I'm like, bruh, there's something there. But then, has, but then there are pictures where he, he looks white. Features. Like, he looks... Bruh, he has facial features. Like, even like... I'm like, alright, there's, there's definitely melanin there, right? Whether it's like black or maybe... There's, there's, there's something there. It's like Eastern European. There's something that's not strictly like Western European, Greek. You know, it's just there's something there. And I mean, maybe that's just Greek. I don't know. Maybe just hmm. Greek just has a little color in them. And I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know, man. They're, he looks like he has something in him. I maybe like you know Grecian or Roman Empire bloodlines kind of got mixed. You know, there's definitely some. To me, there's some, and I'm. I'm say this is a history major that studies people and stuff um you know there's definitely some northern africa in there i think a little bit but mm. you know that's a good we, point we, bro that's a good point we, we know how uh you know we know how the, the colonization in in europe is gone yeah you know but um let's see Thanks. moving on man who has a soft spot in my heart former liverpool player and uh current killer of inner miami christian benteke of dc united had a patty against new york red bull but they still lost three to five because dc united is an absolute enigma of a club his 13th on the season tied for top of the league in scoring um had a header come off a corner in the first uh had a scramble in front of goal and, and found a way to get it in on the second and finished a PK. They gave it to him for the third to round out the Hattie. I always have a soft spot in my heart for for my boy Benteke. Uh, much better known for his time at Crystal Palace, but definitely a Liverpool guy. I will never forget that. Uh, moving on, we only have a couple more. Uh, Aaron Bupenza of Cincinnati had a goal against Charlotte. Um, won 3-0 thanks to Pupenza who scored his fourth goal in seven matches. Dude is absolutely banging him in. 
uh, made a great run, a very positive progressive run into the box, found space between the defenders, and connected on a low cross from U.S. national team's Shaq Moore. Um, and Bupenza has an interesting, interesting history, man. He's, he's Gabonese. Uh, he's played all over the map. He's played at Bordeaux. Um, went on loan to Pau, Gazalek Ajaccio, Tours, uh, Ferenzi, and then he played in Turkey for Hataspor, uh, then he played in Saudi Arabia for Al-Arabi and Al-Shabaab, and he's a, a very new member of FC Cincinnati. Seven, uh, seven appearances, seven league appearances, four goals. Dude is impressive. And he's been all over the map, too, so... He's uh that, that's one to watch. I think he's a guy that can definitely uh, definitely make a make a big splash. Cincinnati signed him as a designated player too. Uh, moving on, Teal Bunbury, who has a special has a cool story on his own, uh, scored against San Jose Earthquakes uh, in a one-one draw. His third goal in the season made a big, uh, made a nice run into. Oh, I read off of Bunbury. Look at me, I'm a disaster. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, Bunbury, uh, interesting background, uh, his dad is Alex Bunbury, uh, played for West Ham, uh, played for, uh, the Kansas City Wizards also, uh, coached the, uh, he was an assistant coach and played for the Canadian national team, uh, so definitely a really cool bloodline there, and finally rounding out the Eastern Conference, Andres Perea. Uh, scored against Toronto, helping them win 3-0. Uh, he's on loan from Philadelphia. Uh, so crossing some, uh, some enemy lines there. Uh, first ever goal for, NY, uh, for NYCFC this season. And he had a goal with Philly earlier in the season. Uh, late transfer. And uh, yeah, his goal headed it in home from a lovely floating cross into the box. And... Sweet little Selly, man. Hit him, hit us with a, I don't know if it was salsa or cumbia, but dude's got the sweet feet, man. Yeah, it looked nice, bro. I mean, bro, these celebrations are nice, bro. And yeah, I need to get my Latin American indigenous dance game up because you got cumbia, you got salsa, you got samba, you got, you just got so much, bro. I need to figure out I'll, I'll where, it all, where, where it all lands. But, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're MLS lacks for, for, where MLS lacks in talent across the board, I'm saying top to bottom, where they lack in talent from top to bottom because it's not very much not one of the better leagues in the world. Our Selly game is top notch. I'll put our Selly game with yes. anybody on the A tier, S tier. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, that rounds out the Eastern Absolutely. Conference for the Dream Team, by the way. So. I bet. So, going to the Western Conference, uh, West Side, if you will, uh, we're going to start off hey. with the Dallas versus Columbus Crew match, uh, where Hader O'Brien uh, scored a goal against the Crew, um, and th- but that match ended 1-1 in a draw, uh, keeping them, uh, giving them a point, but and keeping them one uh, spot above. Uh, Sporting Kansas City for that, that last playoff spot. Um, it was Obrian's fourth goal of the season, um, he, and he's got two goals and one assist in the last three match days. Uh, so he's he's starting to to get on at the end of the season, uh, but he ha- he's not matching uh, just quite the t- the goal total that he had in 2021. 
when he had nine goals. Um, but he had a, a he caught a, a really good header from Jesus Ferreira uh, w- with a cross into the box. Um, and uh, our guy Nkosi uh, from Dallas had an own goal, which is how uh, Columbus got their goal. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to skip on to Jambulo Blum from uh, St. Louis, uh, the Cinderella story uh, expansion team, first in in the Western Conference. Wild to see them. But Njula, N- Jambulo Blum is uh, the first of three uh, Dream Team debutants. Uh, we got three in here today. Um, and St. Louis won the match 2-1 against Minnesota. Uh, Blom is from South Africa, and he scored an absolute beauty uh, from 20 yards out, which was a curler into the upper left corner. Uh, and he got an assist from our guy, Azil Jackson, uh, most beautiful hair in the league. So, yeah, I mean, we, we just had to shout him out, you know. Um, third Dream Team Western Conference player is William Agata from Sporting Kansas City. Our second Dream Team debutante, so welcome him. Uh, give him his little flowers. Um, his it, This is his second goal of the season, uh, and he helped Sporting Kansas City beat Houston 2-1. Uh, the Nigerian footballer found the ball after a scramble in, the front, in front of the goal. Um, always love a uh, a good guy to get the, the scramble off the the dribble from the the keeper. But shout out to Sporting Kansas City, who was down a man at the time and still found a way to score. Um, our fourth dream team entrant is Teenage Lingani Hadebe, who we got to give a shout out to best name in the league. Teenage. I, I love it. I don't know. Uh, uh, as Jermaine said, it's, it's it brings a whole it's new perfect. meaning. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Brings a whole new meaning to shout out to the youth. There. Um, he's our our last uh, dream team debutant, uh, and he helped uh, he helped Houston get on the board against Sporting Kansas City in their two one loss. Um, the the goal that he put in was right before halftime, and it seemed to give them, uh, it seemed to look like the momentum they needed to uh, get back in the game, but uh, both teams ended up not scoring uh, in, in the second half of the game, and it ended 2-1. Uh, Hector Herrera had a cross, and uh, Hadebe was in the right place at the right time to finish the, the ball. Uh, and the last uh, entrant into Dream Team is Santiago Moreno from Portland, who scored against Colorado in their win, their 3-2 win uh, against the Rapids. This is his second goal of the season, uh, and both of these goals are, are coming off his last six matches. So he's hitting his stride maybe at the right time. Um, uh, this this goal started with like six step overs from Anthony. Um, a shout out to Brazilian players who only go with their first name. Um, he had a, a goal for Portland earlier in the game, um, and he found Moreno who created a really good give and go with the German Noel Kaliskan. I don't know if I'm t- saying his name right. 
but Moreno got the ball back and just slotted it past the keeper to make it 2-0. And he is the end of the dream team. Yes, yes. So uh, big shout out to all the Dream Team members. Um, you know, two interesting notes about the Dream Team. One is that a lot of the transfer windows uh, uh, players that were coming in, like at the end of the transfer windows, like we saw some in in um, in Atlanta, they're, they're making contributions, right? You know, a lot of these black players that are being picked up at the end of the transfer window. I think it was in I think it was in August, maybe like beginning of middle of August. Uh, they're contributing, right? They're they're scoring goals. They're you know they're um, allowing their team to to make a push um, into the playoffs at the end of the season. So shout out to them, um, and also shout out to the uh, dream team uh, debutants. Also the you know their first uh, their first MLS goals. We had a few of them, uh, particularly in the Western Conference. So we definitely want to always uh, spotlight um, all of the black players that are you know contributing to their teams and scoring goals and. And showing that you know, you know, greatness lies in the diaspora, right? And so it's just a matter of recruiting these players, getting them into the into the league, so they can ball out and show their greatness. Um, so we started. Uh, so thank you, Ad and uh, Cali, for for recapping uh, Match J Thirty Four's Dream Team. Um, so we started the episode talking, unfortunately about the woes of Inter Miami. Uh, of course, they played in the U.S. Open Cup final. Um, an interesting fun fact, the head uh, uh, referee, the center referee for the match is a brother by the name of John Freeman. Uh, now, I'm not sure if this is like the first black center ref for a U.S. Open Cup final. Um, I can imagine there's not many, uh, but he was. And so we definitely want to give a big shout out to uh, John Freeman. And anytime, I don't know if it's just me, anytime I see a black man or a black person rather with the last name Freeman, I'm always intrigued. <laughs> I'm always intrigued with that history. Like, you know what? Let yeah. me know all of that history. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so definitely shout out to John Freeman for that. Um, and speaking of referees, uh, you know, so we kind of wanted to sprinkle a little bit, of, sprinkle a little bit of referee love uh, this episode. Uh, we definitely, definitely, definitely have to give a big shout out to Natalie Simon, uh, who on match day 32, which was, I believe, September 16th or the, the weekend of September 16th, became the first black woman to referee an MLS match against San Jose uh, in Real Salt Lake. So definitely shout out to Natalie Simon. Uh, prior to this, Simon uh, also became the first black woman to earn a FIFA badge, uh, which uh, makes her eligible to officiate international matches, uh, international tournaments, and what have you. Um, and she's only one of four American women to do so. Um, actually, I think now it's one of five American women to do so, and we'll get to that fifth person um, soon. So uh, quickly, Natalie Simon was born in Louisiana, um, but she went to high school in Fort Lauderdale, so big shout out to the crib, uh, and played collegially at Stetson up in Orlando. Um, in the in this, uh, I believe it's a Los Angeles Times article, uh, yeah, Los Angeles Times article, she talks about how she did her family research and learned that she was indeed um, descendants of enslaved Africans, right, um, that came to this country. Um, and I think one of her great-grandmas, one of her great-grandmothers uh, is part Choctaw, so she's part Native American, um, you know, so she has a, she has a very interesting family history, um, and she, and she carries that with her in her career and on the pitch. Um, she's very outspoken, 
you know, about, you know, what her representation on the field means um, for the future, of course, of, of African-American girls um, and women. So, you know, we definitely, definitely, definitely want to give a big shout out to Natalie Simon. Also, that game that she officiated, big shout out to Jeremy Abobasi, who came through <laughs> with his ninth goal uh, of the season. Um, and Natalie Simon is not the only uh, black woman um, to earn her FIFA badge. Um we definitely got to give a big shout out to Alyssa Nichols, who earlier this year in 2023 became the second uh, and youngest black woman to earn her FIFA badge. Um, she's only 27, uh, so she's just getting started. She should have a fantastic career um, in the game. Um, a native of, of uh, Mississippi. So we have a native of Louisiana and a, and a native of Mississippi, right? These are, you know, deep south you know, rich black cultural histories uh, that we're talking about here. So uh, she's a native of Mississippi. She went to Jackson State University, right? So shout out to Coach Prime. Um, and she's and she's a Delta, right? So she is like blackety black, 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 okay? <laughs> so, um, so shout out to Alyssa Nichols uh, for her for her accomplishments. Um, and again, John Freeman, as we mentioned, uh, you know, uh, officiating that open cup final. So, you know, as we go on with the, with the, um, with, you know, with the podcast, we don't only want to give a shout out to our goal scorers. We want to give a shout out to our goalkeepers, right. Our, you know, our defenders. Right. And of course now we want to um, highlight our, um, our referees, which, you know, maybe, maybe in uh, a future episode, we should talk about how many black referees there are in MLS. I think there's only like two or three, maybe. So that could be a whole episode in itself. But, um, you know, definitely, uh, again, shout out to Natalie Simon doing her thing. Finally, MLS has a black woman uh, refereeing their games, right? And so um, I think she's had, not I think, but she's had some experience in NWSL, um, also USL Championship. Um, Alyssa Nichols, I believe, also has um, has had some experience uh, in USL Championship and NWSL um, she has yet to make it in MLS, but hopefully that's hopefully that's the next step. Um, so yeah, you know that's our that's our footnote segment. Um, you know, a lot to kind of digest this episode. Callie kind of gave us, you know, a lot to think about in terms of burning down capitalism and <laughs> and what that what that looks like in uh in these South Florida streets. Um, so, you know, definitely stay tuned to what we're, you know, to what we're talking about, to what's going on with Inter Miami, because it's probably going to start happening to your club, right? I, I think Messi isn't just going to have an effect on Inter Miami, it's, he's going to have an effect on MLS, right? So these things might start, you know, these increases might start happening in your club, but hopefully um, if you have some strong supporter culture, um, as we do in, in, you know, as we do at Inter Miami, I think, I think we will start to see some movements i think by the club i think the club might respond maybe 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 i'm just being too optimistic uh i imagine i hope they, that they will respond um and respond accordingly so because uh, again these have serious implications right not just for everyday fans but for organizations like black heron right you know like black fires in chicago and, and elsewhere so um you know stay tuned with all the happenings there um, we're going to continue to update our dream team as we go along. Uh, you know, thank y'all for being patient with us. You know, we had to take a little time off and adjust to our, you know, in, in the case of me and Callie, adjust to our daughters, 
sleep regression issues because uh, that's been a struggle. Uh, so, you know, definitely uh, thank you again for, you know, for being patient with us and uh, stay tuned because we will continue to drop some more content. So with that, Cali, AD, anything uh, before we sign off? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think now more than ever, um, and this goes beyond just inner Miami. I think this goes probably this goes league wide. Um, it's so important that groups like Black Herons exist, like uh, Black Comets in LA, uh, uh, the Black Fire in Chicago, um, you know, Rose Room Collective, Footy Mob. I'm, I'm doing my best not to miss any, but those are who I'm thinking of at, at the top of my head. It's so important that these groups exist um, because ooh, at the end of the day, we're the ones fighting for the little guy. We're, we're the ones fighting for um, the average person, you know, and, and in groups where people and, and I, I say this from and I've mentioned it on here before, I say this from a point of privilege because I can, I can, that's something I can always fall back into. I can always fall back into my privilege and I try my best to remain uncomfortable when it comes to these issues and, and to put myself out there. Um, sometimes I do well at it. Sometimes I don't, I'm sure. But um, I think it's so important for, to listen to black voices, to brown voices, to voices in the LGBTQIA plus community. And um and stand up and fight because if if things like this go unchecked, it just continues to happen and it gets worse for future fans, you know, and eventually everyone will be priced out. No one's going to be safe. Eventually someone with more money than you is going to come along and want your ticket. And by allowing clubs to do things like this, we give them that agency to, to do that. So keep fighting. Don't don't back down. Don't don't settle for high prices because you just want to watch your team play play soccer. Um, keep fighting. Lean into those communities. Lean into those groups. And you know, solidarity. We 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 got this. We'll figure it out. You know, and hopefully we 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 leave something better for those who come after us. So, facts. Well said. Well said. Ad. Any uh, any final words? I got nothing, but I I probably want to say to the club just <sighs> I hope you guys just reconsider this uh, doubling the prices situation uh, and think about the the communities that you're affecting the the culture uh, that these communities that you're pricing out uh, is affecting. Uh, so I'm just saying, if anything, do it for the culture. Do it for the culture. Enter Miami, please. But then again, we know that they haven't done much for the culture in the past. So anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> Enter Miami, please listen to AD. Do it for the That's culture, damn it. Please. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why we exist, right? So, um, all right, having said that, uh, we are signing off and we will catch y'all next time. Peace. Later. Two bomb black for them.